This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that takes you on a quick trip through history every day of the week. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're looking at a bizarre moment in Cold War history, the day when the leader of the Soviet Union threw a tantrum because he wasn't allowed to ride the teacups. The day was September 19, 1959. Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev lost his composure after being told that he could not go to Disneyland. An afternoon visit to the park had been scheduled for his wife and two daughters, but when the Soviet premier expressed an interest in tagging along, American officials wouldn't allow it. Khrushchev made a fiery speech criticizing his exclusion, and in the end, no one in his family went to Disneyland. Nikita Khrushchev came to power following the death of infamous dictator Joseph Stalin in 1953. Most in the international community expected his leadership style to be more of the same, but in a pleasant surprise, Khrushchev announced his desire for a, quote, peaceful coexistence with the United States. It was with that goal in mind that the U.S. and Soviet governments arranged for Khrushchev and his family to visit America in 1959. Four days prior to his non-visit to Disneyland, Khrushchev arrived in Washington, D.C. for a coast-to-coast tour of the country, followed by a summit meeting with President Dwight D. Eisenhower. It was the first time a Soviet head of state had ever set foot on American soil and Khrushchev intended to make the most of his 12-day visit. His whirlwind schedule would take him to New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Des Moines before returning to the nation's capital to meet with the president. His family tagged along for the tour, 
and although they only spent a single day in Hollywood, it proved to be one of the most memorable parts of their visit, for all the wrong reasons. Every leg of the Khrushchev's journey had been carefully planned in advance by the Soviet security police and the U.S. State Department. But it wasn't until the flight to Los Angeles on September 19th that Khrushchev learned he would be touring the city's housing developments while his wife and children went to Disneyland. The news came as quite a blow to Khrushchev, who had been looking forward to seeing Walt Disney's famous theme park in person. He asked his aides to make arrangements for him to visit as well, but they told him that wouldn't be possible. Apparently, the Los Angeles chief of police had recommended Khrushchev not attend Disneyland, as he thought the crowds might pose a safety risk and wasn't sure the department would be able to provide adequate security for the 30-mile trip down to Anaheim. The Soviet police agreed to drop his visit from the schedule, but unfortunately, no one on the Soviet premier's team had told him of the change in plans. As a result, Khrushchev was already in a bad mood by the time he landed in Los Angeles, and the disappointment continued to gnaw at him for the rest of the day. After being greeted by the city's mayor at the airport, Khrushchev and his wife proceeded to the 20th Century Fox movie studio in Hollywood. They were treated to a behind-the-scenes tour of an active soundstage where the musical Can-Can was currently in production. The cast of the film, including Shirley MacLaine, Frank Sinatra, and Juliette Prowse, greeted them enthusiastically. MacLaine even tried to get the premiere to join her in an impromptu dance, but he politely declined, of course. The tour went smoothly enough, with the cast of the film performing a musical number just for the Khrushchevs. But things got a little bumpy when the studio's president, Spiros Skoras, introduced the Soviet leader at LA's town hall. Skoras, who was devoutly anti-communist, made a reference to Khrushchev's famous boast that the Soviet Union would, quote, bury capitalism. Skoras remarked that Los Angeles wasn't interested in burying anyone, but that it would meet the challenge if needed. Khrushchev didn't appreciate that lighthearted taunt, and his response was deadly serious. If you want to go on with the arms race, he told Skoras, very well, we accept that challenge. As for the output of rockets, well, they are on the assembly line. This is a most serious question. It is one of life or death, ladies and gentlemen, one of war and peace. Following that tense reception at Town Hall, the Khrushchevs returned to 20th Century Fox Studios for a star-studded luncheon. They were seated alongside Hollywood legends such as Gary Cooper, Eddie Fisher, Marilyn Monroe, and James Mason. But Khrushchev couldn't have cared less. He was still stewing over his canceled trip to Disneyland, a fact he made painfully clear by delivering a bitter tirade right in the middle of the meal. We have come to this town, he said, where lives the cream of American art. And just imagine, I, a premier, a Soviet representative, when I came here to this city, I was given a plan, a program, of what I was to be shown and whom I was to meet. But just now, I was told that I could not go to Disneyland. I asked, why not? What is it? Do you have rocket launching pads there? I do not know. And just listen, just listen to what I was told, to what reason I was told. We, which means the American authorities, cannot guarantee your security if you go there. What is it? Is there an epidemic of cholera there or something? 
Or have gangsters taken over the place that can destroy me? Then what must I do? Commit suicide? This is the situation I am in, your guest. For me, the situation is inconceivable. I cannot find words to explain this to my people. The celebrities in attendance were stunned by the Soviet leader's outburst. Frank Sinatra, who was seated next to Mrs. Khrushchev, reportedly leaned over to actor David Niven and said, quote, Tell the old broad you and I will take him down there this afternoon. A State Department official later made it clear that Mrs. Khrushchev and her daughters were welcome to visit Disneyland, but she ultimately decided to stay with her husband in solidarity. The Khrushchevs spent the rest of the afternoon touring the architecture of Los Angeles and departed the city the following morning. Aside from that rough day in Los Angeles, the Soviet leader's first trip to America was largely a success. His meeting with President Eisenhower at Camp David was cordial, if not productive. And by the end of the trip, all of his photo ops had succeeded in boosting the American public's opinion of him. For the first time in more than a decade, peace between the United States and the Soviet Union seemed possible. But alas, it wasn't meant to be. All the goodwill between the heads of state evaporated the following May, when an American U-2 spy plane was shot down over the Soviet Union. The news broke during a crucial Paris summit conference about disarmament, and Nikita Khrushchev stormed out after condemning the U.S. for its actions. Any hopes of peace were dashed in that moment, and the Cold War would drag on for another three decades. Letting Khrushchev go to Disneyland probably wouldn't have changed that outcome, but you never know. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're so inclined, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us at Show. And if you have any feedback you'd like to share, feel free to get in touch by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.